Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper, episode 100. And 13, it's your old mate DJ Payne here. And on this fortnight's episode, finish off the book of Luke. That's our goal today, to wrap up the gospel of Luke. Now, just because of the way that the podcasts come out every fortnight and the way that the month sits, we've made a lot of work for ourselves on this episode. We've got six chapters, the final six chapters of the gospel of Luke to get through. Talk about uh, running the race on this episode. We're going to be uh, going through it today, so I hope you can uh, you can join us. Pull out your Bible, grab your copy of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide, and join us as we get through these last six chapters of the Gospel of Luke and wrap everything up in Luke's account of the life of Christ. This week on Thrive Deeper. This is an early morning recording, Matt. It is. I like early morning recordings. <laughs> I do. I do. We've we've gone uh, we've gone because it's the beginning of the year and there's so much happening. You're you're about to head away uh, on a family trip. Yes. Can we say that? Are we allowed to say uh, that? At, on, the, on the date when this goes out I, or I, now? I, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm losing track of dates uh, here. That's in a week, in, in a week's time. So, <laughs> that's, yeah. You're probably back by the time this goes out. But uh, we're doing a little pre-recording here and getting things ready because we've got two things happening. We're redoing our studio here. We're having a bit of a fit out. You're going away. So we're getting a little bit ahead here. And Matthew, you have made us work like the Dickens <laughs> on this episode, That's because right. the way that it's all fallen with the with the recordings, with the dates that it comes out, doing it fortnightly, and the way that you've outlined uh, this edition of Thrive, we've got the final six chapters of Luke mm. to get through on this. Yeah, it's covered in the readings, it's covered in two weeks, so <laughs> because we- do this fortnightly. We're uh, I know we're sort of going. Cover. We're sort of covering three weeks in the in this one yeah. in this one recording. So it's a really it's a bit of a doozy. It's a bit of a doozy here. So yeah. we're kicking off in chapter nineteen. And just to bring everybody up to speed, if this is your first time listening, the, the great news is you've got uh, a wealth of other other recordings to get through. But just go back for the last few. If you if you're getting to the book of Luke with us, this is all about the work of Doctor Luke, uh, a, a, a Greek physician or you know Gentile physician who obviously knew something about the Jewish religion and became a friend of the Apostle Paul. And he sat down and wrote two amazing works, the Gospel of Luke, which talks about the story of Jesus Christ and his message. And then his second work is the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, as the work of Jesus, the followers of Jesus go out and spread that, spread that message. So we're right at that middle bit now. We're right at the end of the Gospel of Luke as Luke is outlying uh, with all of his research, the final few weeks of Jesus's life. Yeah, that's right. And we're right in the middle of the theme of who gets it and who doesn't. Yeah. So this is a big. Uh, this is a big thing. Uh, Jesus is quite subversive in in the way that he is appealing to the kind of people. Um, that a religious leader shouldn't be really appealing to <laughs> and not appealing to the people that he should. Yeah. And so he's putting the um, the religious people offside, uh, those who feel that they are somehow entitled, who feel themselves to be righteous, 
they're quite offended yes. uh, at Jesus, and yet, who do we see it's getting it? Well, uh, we're jumping into chapter 19 today, yeah. and we're going to meet Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Uh, now, this is on the back of uh, meeting a, a, a rich young man yes. who uh, w- would had all of the qualifications of a righteous yeah. uh, young Jewish, yeah. very promising young Jewish man. Uh, he doesn't get it, but then we see uh, that the sinners and the tax collectors getting it. We see a blind beggar who is given sight. It's kind of symbolized, symbolizing uh, the fact that someone who's blind yet sees spiritually. Yeah. Um, and you've got the little children coming uh, to Jesus and being received, and they get it too. And the thing that I love about the story of Zacchaeus, uh, the tax collector. Uh, well, he's actually an arch, arch tax collector. So he's, he's high up, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, these people, of course, were seen as these are the corrupt officials oh. who uh, they were traitors to their uh, people because they uh, served the invading uh, Romans. And, and it's important to note, not just that they were seen like that, but they were. Oh, they actually were. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they these were. were actually bad guys. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't that the Jewish Jewish people had a hard yeah. time with tax collectors because it was like a superstition or anything. Yeah, it was like no. These guys were really corrupt yeah. and really they were able to really make a lot of money off the backs of their fellow Jews. That's right. And it says about uh, Zacchaeus that he's a chief to like tax tax collector, and he's wealthy. And the reason that he's wealthy is because he's extorted lots of money oh. uh, from. Uh, from his own countrymen for the Romans and yeah. ultimately to enrich himself. And, and I love, and as you just pointed out, Matt, this is amazing that the way that Luke outline, you know, lays out the stories to tell a, tell a theological yeah. point. Yeah. And it's like the culmination yeah. of this point that he oh, wants that's to right. bring yeah. home. It really is. This is the culmination I, of this I, theme. Okay, let's go. You've seen, yeah. him. You've seen him deal with this, people that we don't like. We've yeah. seen him deal with these outcasts. Now, let's go to the chief tax collector. Yeah, that's right. And the the interesting thing and what I love about this story is that, you know, he's a short guy and he can't see and so he, he has to climb a tree and, and I think uh, to see Jesus, you know, he really wants to he really wants to lean in and yeah. see. And I think for Luke, this story is so poignant at this point because the uh, the religious leaders are refusing to see. Okay. Yes, but here is here is this good. tax collector yep. who is making every effort to see, yeah. and in the end, he does see. Even mm. though his vantage point would seem to be, from a sort of religious point of view, his vantage point would seem to be the worst possible vantage point. I mean, this guy spiritually would be seen to be at the very, very bottom of a pit. Yeah. And yet, because of his eagerness to see, he sees, and those who are seen to be at the top of the hill, they don't see. Wow. And it's such an amazing story. Like, he runs, and whatever that, I don't know, you know, Whatever the reason is that Zacchaeus is dying to see Jesus, he just wants to see him. So he climbs the tree. He's obviously hearing about him or yeah. whatever the news is. It's all around him. He climbs that tree. He sees him. Jesus just looks straight through him and says, I'm coming to your house today. Yeah, that's right. And boom, straight away it has the effect that Jesus wants wants it to that's be. That's right. They are like, this is a notorious sinner. What? Like they, yeah. The religious people judge him even more. Yeah, that's right. And so he says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And that just beautifully, oh. uh, as you said, culminates that 
that theme of those who do get it and those who don't. And of course, it's people like this who are going to be the ministers of grace. Yes. This is what, this is the message that God wants to get out there to the world. Um, it's a message about the grace of God given through Jesus Christ. And it's guys like this that are going to get it. They're the ones that are going to go out. And, and I think the next, this parable that Jesus tells uh, on the back of this, because uh, it says, you know, while they were listening to this, yes. he went on to tell them a parable. And this is about, um, this is about being stewards of what God gives us, you know, and the, um, the sense here is that the religious people of the day hadn't been good stewards. I mean, they'd, they'd really just kept it to themselves. Yeah. They'd sort of dug a hole, mm. uh, and, and, it's almost all like of a, this knowledge of God and the grace of God, and that they'd sort of hoarded this for themselves and yeah. shut everyone out. It's, it's like, it's almost like a, a, a um, it's almost like Jesus is covering one of his own parables, like he's doing a different theme, a different version of yeah. one of his parables, where the three servants have the talents. Yeah. This is the ten servants divided up the you know the the wealth. He goes away, comes back, and sees what they've done with it, and he gives them, you know, yeah. Jesus, you know, the the, the ruler, you know, and this yeah. in the parable here, God is is rewarding them to what they've been given, and the point being exactly like you've said, the ones who have been given you know, been given what God has told yeah. them and done nothing with it, kept yeah. it to themselves. Yeah. They and are they are really judged. Yeah, that's right. And then I mean and remember that the theme really that kicked this whole idea of who hears and who doesn't hear was this, you know, the parable of the sower and the um the thing that Jesus says at the start of that is, you know, whoever has will be given more, but whoever doesn't have um even what they have will be taken away from him. Um and then you get this statement at the end here yeah. that whoever uh, in nineteen twenty six he replied, "I tell you, everyone who has more will be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away from them." So uh, again, this is this theme of those who are really eager and leaning in, and um, mm. uh, this willingness to hear and this willingness to be who God wants them to be. Uh, this. Uh, is going to enable them to be given more. You know, if your heart's a bit soft, God will make it even more soft. Yep. If it's hard, your heart will be hard. And this is exactly what's been happening and uh, I think, up to I, this point. And I think this is the you know the culmination of all the parables that we get in Luke. This is the the, the final one in chapter nineteen before. We yeah, get that's all- right. And then he comes into Jerusalem as yeah. king. And and I and I think that's really. Uh, that's poignant because, in a sense, that that parable, the parable of the miners, or it's the parable of the talents in a uh, similar yes. sort of parable, uh, he, he would have told a lot different yes. versions of some of these. Yeah, Remember, yeah, yeah. he's teaching flat out for three years. So, um, <laughs> the ten, This is about the ten. Yeah, the and ten so this is really, this is a parable of judgment, isn't it, yeah. really? It's about judgment, oh. and, and so it kind of closes off that. And then Jesus actually comes in, in well, a sense, he enacts you judgment. Jumped, sorry, sorry, Matt, it, yeah. to, to echo your point, you read verse 26. Verse 27, the yeah. final part of the yeah. parable, as for the enemies of mine, this is Jesus speaking as yeah. king, who don't want to be their king. Again, it's amazing because it's echoing Jesus speaking as himself, yeah. veiled in the story of, of this yeah. king. Bring them in and execute them right here yeah. in front of me. That's right. Holy moly. Yeah. So, in the persona of this kind of uh, of this sort of hard taskmaster, <laughs> and, the, and the point is, you know, God isn't a hard taskmaster, yes. but- but because he's God, he expects even more. Yes. Um, uh, and 
This precedes the, the famous triumphal entry when Jesus comes into uh, Jerusalem. It's a well-known story. Yeah. comes in on the donkey. Mm. People are laying down their cloaks and palm branches, and they're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, uh, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So they're excited. Uh, the crowds are excited. Jesus has done lots of miracles. Yeah. A lot of people are interested. They're excited. They're thinking, here is the king. This yeah. is the guy that is going to deliver us from Roman rule and establish uh, an independent kingdom, and this is the culmination of that we've been we've had for the last pretty much ten chapters through Luke, where all of a sudden Jesus had decided, right, I'm going to Jerusalem. <clears throat> he started prophesying, yeah. saying, "I'm going to Jerusalem, and I will be offered up, and I will be killed, and this yeah. is part of the plan." And you can see that the Pharisees still, his heart is still dealing with the Pharisees and the Pharisees are still dealing with them because even in the midst of all these people rejoicing in the Hosannas as he walks in, some of the Pharisees are coming up to him and you can hear the well-intentioned, I can hear the well-intentioned heart of these Pharisees yeah. saying, Jesus, Stop the people, man. Just put one word out there. Don't You don't want this trouble. Yeah, that's here. right. Yeah. And, and because, in, in essence, what they're saying is absolutely true. I mean, yeah. their expectations are, are skewed here. I mean, even even the disciples, the 12 disciples, they're still struggling to figure this out. Yep, Hang on, not what, getting it. what sort of kingdom is, is this? Yep. Uh, so, but they're basically right, because he is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And, um, uh, and so... You know the, the Pharisees have have an issue. You know they have an issue yeah. with this, and um, it's interesting here that as he comes on that judgment theme, he says in verse thirty one, uh, verse forty one of chapter nineteen, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. This is a oh. prophetic moment, and he said, "If you even you had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes." Mm. So you know we've had this whole theme of who sees and who doesn't, right? And mm. they're just not seeing because again they're they're so fixated on this very politicized kind of expectation, um, uh, and and they're just not willing to see much else. And I mean. So he says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in from every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Mm. And to this day, if you go to Jerusalem um, and you walk around the great big pl- platform uh, that first Solomon built and Herod extended, you can actually, the, the piles of stones that were thrown down, enormous stones, you know, like uh, a metre and a half by a metre and a half, you know, a cube, uh, are still sitting there in piles and you can see the dents that they've made in the original streets. I mean, they, you know, they basically excavated it uh, but left the rubble lying there wow. where it was thrown down from the, uh, and of course, Jesus is talking here about the, temple. The, uh, the, the destruction of the temple that happened in 70 AD when the Romans encircled it. And uh, and they they really did that. They literally pushed down every ta- every stone, and all that was really left was the the great temple platform. Yeah. Uh, but the walls, the temple itself, and and I, I just keep thinking when I walked uh, amongst these stones, massive stones lying like literally where they were thrown down yeah. from this very time in seventy AD. Uh, I just can't help but think of this warning and think about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Yeah. He knows it's going to happen. He said, "You are on the wrong road, and it's going to end in destruction." It's it's an, and then it's also an important point if you, if you're new to the Gospels or if you're new about uh, reading the reading, especially the Gospel of Luke here and the life of Christ. You have to keep in mind, and it's hard for us sometimes that a lot of this story, a lot of this, is about the Jewish people. Yeah. 
you know, it's really Jewy. Like there's there's mm. a lot like sometimes we want to bring some of these applications out to ourselves or sort of apply it to different things, and it does all apply. Don't get me wrong. But it's very, it's very Jewish still. Jesus is dealing yeah. right here with the, with the Jewish people. Yeah, that's with right. Jerusalem. And and Luke's Luke's point in this because Luke is writing to a church that is now, uh, by the time he writes, it has a lot of Gentiles in it, mm-hmm. and and there is this question: Well, what happened to the Jewish people for whom this was already yes a, a, originally intended? Great point. And so Luke, in a sense, is answering that uh, that question, and um and also. But also validating the fact, because one of the the problems that um, that Jesus is um, castigating his people for is their unwillingness to uh, join his kingdom agenda, which is not about casting the Gentiles out, which is what the people wanted. We want to cast the Gentiles out of our land. Yeah. It's about bringing, bringing, the, them bringing them into the kingdom, right? And so, um, the fact that they didn't get that is uh, largely what this judgment is all about, right? Yep. So, um, and, and I think there's an ir- irony, actually, to the destruction of the end of the Jewish wars in the late 60s and the destruction of Jerusalem, because literally the Gentile world caved in upon them anyway, and mm. and uh, Jerusalem was trampled by the Gentiles, mm. uh, and, uh, you know, and 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 was for thousands, literally thousands of years after. So, um, there, there's a sort of prophetic irony, like yes. very tragic prophetic irony uh, in this, because um, they were overrun anyway by Gentiles because they're of the, this agenda to drive the Gentiles out and establish a political kingdom of God in Israel um, was, um, you know, uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't what God was doing. No, no. Uh, you know. What it wasn't what God had called them to. They yeah. were always meant to be yeah. blessing yeah, all the right. world, blessing all the, you know, yeah. we've got and that. And in, in, pro- in classic prophetic fashion, mm. Jesus goes to the temple <laughs> and where they're, you know, which which had, uh, there, there's a whole lot of things happening. There's a whole economy associated with the temple and and money changing and buying and selling animals and you know it 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 was it was partly this kind of thing that was making like the chief priests quite wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> These guys were were making a lot of money uh, off this. Now they were meant to be serving the people, but they're uh, I mean they're really getting rich off the people. And so in classic prophetic fact prophetic fashion he goes in there and he turns up the turns over the tables and he says my house you know it's meant to be a house of prayer but you've made it a den of robbers quoting uh, from Jeremiah and it, and, it, and it finishes off chapter 19 Luke finishes off chapter 19 saying at that point Jesus was just going to the temple every day teaching dealing with the Pharisees you know the, le- the religious oh, yeah. leaders uh, well now them. with this action he's yes. really put them offside yeah now I mean the Pharisees and the and the priests were actually, they are not really a united group at this point, at, at, in this time in history. Yeah. But they're uniting in I their guess. hatred yes. of Jesus right now. <laughs> uh, they're, they're very much together on this. So the people, and it's a problem because he's drawing increasing you know, crowds of people yep. to his teaching. Yep. Uh, and they're, you've got to imagine this. They're really worried about this. I mean, this guy... Uh, is leading people in it's a, radical. In it's a, crazy in a direction radical. That, yeah. You know, and I mean, and even even on the agenda. I mean, the, the the priests were conservative in that they were hap- that they weren't they didn't have so so much a problem with Roman rule because the Romans let them keep their power. Um, whereas the Sadducees, uh, sorry, th- th- they were the Sadducee group, the priests. Yeah. The Pharisees are the group that uh, I guess are the popular. R- you know, pious yes. uh, crew. They they have a problem with um, uh, with Roman rule. Now, in in the end, there's going to be a lot of infighting mm. over 
this very question yes. about you know how what is the kingdom of God going to look like, yeah. and they're going to the nation's going to implode again. Because they're not listening to the God who came to them in Jesus Christ, exactly. You know, uh, right, to lead them on the right path. Let's shift up again. Uh, yep. Chapter twenty uh, starts off with um, the authority of Jesus being challenged, which of course makes sense because yep. here he is saying, you know, doing these things in the temple, uh, you know, declaring judgment and teaching the people, and they're like, "Who the he- who are you? Yep. <laughs> who are you to be doing this?" Yeah, and and he retorts with this by referring to John, and oh. this is this is the importance of John's role because. Jesus just doesn't turn out turn up out of the blue. He is preceded and 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 baptized and really authenticated by a prophet yes. who everyone recognizes was a prophet. So he puts that to them. Yeah. John's baptism was it the real thing or yeah. or not? You know, and they're really in a bind now. Yeah. And and the, the, the beauty of that is they 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 realise that they're caught between a rock and a hard place with yeah. Jesus. It's like, what do you think of John? Yeah, uh, because he, you know, he he he, he exactly he exactly. authenticated my he, ministry. Yeah, and so they say, oh, well, you know, well, we don't know. And he says, well, then I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. So again, there's this sense of them being shut out, and then he tells a parable that really. Sticks the knife in. I read my notes wrong. This is the final parable. This is Jesus' yeah, yeah. final parable in Luke. Yeah. And to talk about the judgment, like- Yeah. The judgment oh, yeah, the judgment the, theme now gets is, ramped up is, here. Is, yeah. And this is the judgment. And, and it, this is one of those times where it was so clear yeah. to everyone listening who Jesus yeah. is talking about. He wasn't veiling it very, very yeah, that's right. finally. It's the parable of the evil farmers. Yeah, the evil farmers. And just to summarise it, because I'm aware actually, I think a lot of people listening to this probably don't have their Bibles or listening to it in a car or when you're walking yeah. or whatever. So that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so Hopefully you've read so, it. So we'll try it. Yeah. So uh, I w- would encourage you to actually read ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, just to summarize this uh, parable of the tenant, so it's about a man who owns a vineyard. He goes away and he sends his servants back uh, uh, to, you know, to bring back some of the fruit uh, of the vineyard. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. and they successively get get killed. The tenants basically take over. Yeah. The people he's leased out his farm to have taken it over. Hostile yeah. takeover. Yeah. He keeps sending different people. They kill everyone. Yeah. So this is the pro- so th- those in, in a sense in the parable stand for the prophets. Yes. You know this is one thing that Jesus can, is really hanging over them is the fact that look I'm not the first prophet that you have refused to listen to. This is this has happened again and again and again down through history, uh, and and he's not just the prophet. He's the son, and of course in the parable the final person that gets sent is the son of the owner who gets killed. Yes. And uh, of course. Um, you know, uh, that brings on a huge judgment. I- inevitable well, he, judgment. He, and yeah. this is the beauty of Jesus, and you can hear how popular you can even hear how popular he is in in the writing yeah. of Luke here, because you can you can sense the crowd is on his every word. Yeah, because Jesus turns around and asks him, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah, you know, what do you think is going to happen? And the people are like, oh, you know, they're really getting into it. He says, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You know, he's going to, he, the owner's going to come back and kill those yeah. tenants. And so if he's, I mean, he's t- he's telling this parable, uh, which is really sticking the knife in the- Big time. The, the, you know, the powers that be, the religious leaders at the time. Everyone's listening. Now, this really, you know, I mean, it says here in verse 19, the teacher of the law and the chief priest look for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them, but they were afraid of the people. Yeah. So what, what they've got to do now in order to get rid of Jesus is they've got to find some uh, thing to accuse him of. Yes. And, and, the, the, and they've the, got to do it away from the people. 
Yeah. They've got to wait for the right time because the people are there, they're not going to get a chance. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, in s- let me just read here. Because in some cases, I think they'd be happy to catch Jesus out in front of the people. If they and, and in fact, I think the next one, uh, it says here that they sent spies who pretended to be sincere, okay? yeah. and, uh, and they hoped to catch Jesus in something that he said so that they could hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. Yeah. Um, so, so an easy one is, well, what do you think of Roman taxes? I mean, this is because this is the burning issue of the day, yeah. and, um, and they think they're going to catch Jesus out uh, with this one because this is smart. <laughs> these are smart people. This is, this yeah. is really clever. Yeah. This is really, really so clever. So they're thinking, so if, if you imagine this, if Jesus says, yes, we should pay taxes to Caesar, he's going to lose the favour of the people. Yeah. If Jesus says, we shouldn't pay taxes to they're gonna, Caesar. They're going to run they're gonna, and dob. Yeah, they're going to run and dob. And <laughs> the Romans are going to come in and, and take him off. Right? So really smart move here. Yeah. Um, Jesus uh, res- responding uh, to them, uh, response to them is famous. Show me a denarius whose inscription is, is on it. Caesar's, they reply. Then he said to them, "Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's." Um, oh, and it's just, and, a, it's just a brilliant response. Y- it's just that it is like in a in a boxing fight because this becomes like a boxing match between yeah. Jesus yeah. and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the teachers of religious law. They're taking turns coming back to him, and he th- just knockout blow after knockout blow, and that is like an amazing blow. They are. Stunned, silent. They are amazed at that response. Yeah. And they go away. And again, this is the group of guys who are pretending to be sincere believers. Yeah, yeah, that's believers. right. Yeah. But then, yeah, that's right. And then, of course, the Sadducees come in. Now, remember I said the Sadducees are the priestly class, yes. the priests, okay? Um, now, they are. Uh, the the Sadducees um, didn't they, believe in yeah they didn't believe in the resurrection they just believe in the first five books of the Bible they yes. don't they didn't acknowledge anything uh, after that these are got, these are kind of the liberals uh, I guess you could say yeah. uh, of the uh, of the Jewish faith in this day <clears throat> but they're going to try and catch Jesus out with something about the resurrection yeah. you know how can that be because if a man has number of uh, yeah. sorry a woman has a number of husbands they all die yeah. they make up these scenarios yeah they make up this scenario well who is she married to when she goes to heaven and you know Jesus answer is well it's you're completely on the wrong wavelength heaven is not going to be anything like that and he finishes it again with another like you thought the other knockout blow was good this is like an uppercut and knocks them flying he says remember what moses says in the at the burning bush you know is god basically god is the god of abraham god of isaac god of jacob he's the god of the living not the dead so much so that some of the teachers of religious law when they heard that are like Oh, oh, yeah, that was yeah. well. Oh, my yeah, they God, that. well done. And, and of course, that's because there's this debate between between the teachers of law and the Pharisees. Okay, they're they're the kind of scholars and the yes. uh, you know and the uh, and the Sadducees, this priestly class. And they, I mean, they they, they love that moment because yeah. he did them uh, a favor. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Jesus comes back to them, and because their big problem is that they're not willing to recognize who he is, he comes back to them and he says uh, why is it that the messiah is the son the son of david uh, G- david himself declares in the book of psalms the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand so he brings this psalm that basically we- that has david declaring um that his offspring that, that yeah that his offspring is, is uh, <laughs> yeah is is greater than him yeah yeah and 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 in you know in a jewish way of thinking there's no way that your offspring can be greater than you so uh so Jesus is saying, so it's he's 
so the Messiah isn't just a son of David, no ordinary, uh, is someone greater um, than just a son of David. And so this is a real challenge uh, around their messianic yes. uh, belief, which is a big problem at this stage. They're just looking for a, a king in the line of David. That's all they're looking for. Jesus yeah. challenges that. Uh, that's the point of that little script, scriptural battle that he goes into there that yeah. uh, focuses around Psalm 110. And and then again, that same sort of way, flying into chapter 21 here, at the beginning of chapter one, 21, in contrast of what he's just said again about the religious leaders and the yeah. rulers, they're watching in the temple and he's watching rich people dropping in the coins yeah. into the loud, you know, uh, you know, loud boxes. It yeah. makes a noise when it drops. This poor widow comes in and drops two small coins, and that's where Jesus goes, boom. Yep, she's one. And, and again, you have that theme of who, who gets it, who doesn't, who's in, who's out. Yep. Uh, this this widow, uh, in contrast to the religious leaders that walk around with their flowing robes yeah. and their, and, and, and I mean, he gives them a shot for that while yes. everyone's listening. Hey, you see these guys with their flowing robes and they love to draw the attention to themselves and, and, uh, just, uh, they devour widows, uh, houses and make lengthy prayers for yeah. show and nothing. These men will be punished most severely. So Ooh. he really declares judgment on them and then, Ooh. Declares judgment on them and then points to a poor widow uh, and, um, you know, and shows that she's, this is one who gets it, right? Uh, And then the rest of chapter 21 is a a, a long, um, a really long set of teaching where Jesus... More, probably more than any, anywhere else in the in the Gospel of Luke, fulfills that role of the prophet. Yeah, like he he prophesies now about the destruction of Jerusalem, the temple. Yeah, you know, in a, in a startling, yeah, clear, yeah. like you know, and it also and like we we've we've often said about prophecy, Jesus is speaking to the answers to the to his disciples' questions to the people around him, but he's also almost seeing. Into the future as well, not almost. He yeah. is seeing into the ultimate de- destruction, yeah. the ultimate, you know, fulfillment of a lot of these words. So it's like, you know, multiple fulfillments of what Jesus is about to talk yeah, about. Yeah. So this is the um, this is what's known as the Olivet discourse. So the mm. uh, uh, this is, and <clears throat> I mean, um, this is also in Matthew twenty four. Yes. Uh, Luke has they're they're very similar, and of course, it would have been longer than. Both accounts, you know exactly, what I mean. So that he would exactly. have said a lot more, and so they they record they're selective in what they record. Yeah, but what we see here is Jesus' predictions of the destruction of Jerusalem, which is which is a cataclysmic event. A lot of, um, I mean, a lot of Christians don't know a lot about the Jewish wars and the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy AD, but it it really casts a shadow back in time over this particular period, and it's actually important to understand that that's what's brewing even later in Paul's ministry. When we get into the book of Acts, I mean, that kind of nationalism that implodes, that ends up in the Jewish wars, the Jewish rebellion against the Romans, that's what happens. The Jews rebel against the Romans and the Romans come in and and it's a disaster in the end. And, you know, the the temple and the city is destroyed and this is a cataclysmic event. The last time that this had happened, it was in um, 586 BC under the Babylonians and, and it was always remembered as the great cataclysm of Jewish history. Yes. Now it's happening again. Now, in when it happened the first time, God sent prophet after prophet, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all these prophets that came and, uh, 
you know, warn the people uh, to repent, get back with God, get back on God's agenda. Mm. Uh, they didn't. The temple was destroyed. Jesus is doing exactly the same thing here. Yeah. Um, and uh, but this feeds into a bigger view. There's something. Uh, it's it's not just about Jerusalem. There's something for the whole world here because there's yes. a there's a coming cataclysm for the whole world. Yep. There's some debate over whether these this Olivet discourse. Um, is actually talking about the end times, or if it's just talking about the um, the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, because uh, I mean, it talks about there will be signs, the sun, moon, and stars, and talks about these star, you know, heavenly bodies being shaken. I mean, um, scholars I think rightly point out that that language is used even by. For example, Isaiah, when talking about the upheaval of nations, and that's just what what political up the way that political upheavals get described uh, in Scripture. Yeah. However, I, I think that in any case, this event of the destruction of Jerusalem is like judgment beginning in the house of God. This is a prefigurement of the final judgment. Yeah. In any case, so I think uh, I think in a way, yeah. While acknowledge the debate around this Olivet discourse. Yes. Um, I think, in some sense, it it certainly prefigures the uh, the final yeah. uh, the final judgment. Anyway. I I, and again, I, I'm someone who grew up in a tradition where it was very black and white, as in its ultimate you know fulfilment is in you know the end times yeah, yeah. in the Book of Revelation, and you know, and then being taught the other way that no, no, it has nothing to do about that. It's only <laughs> to do with history. Yeah. In the end, I sort of go. I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's definitely a fulfilment of history. It's yeah, it so is. Clear. And in fact, Jesus even says in twenty one thirty two here, twenty one verse thirty two, yeah. truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Yeah. Now, a generation in Jewish thought is is forty years. Yes. And this literally happens within forty years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's right on the money here. Yeah. Uh, and that's recorded by both Luke and and Matthew. This. Uh, so he's. This is and, and again, you know. Prophets were acknowledged. The prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah yeah. were subsequently. I mean, uh, th- there, there were lots of other things that um, authenticated them as prophets during their lifetime. But the sort of final authentication was that what they said came about. Yeah, you know, and I mean, the fact that Jeremiah said you'll be seventy years and then you'll be set free from exile, and, and then Daniel and Daniel sits down and studies yeah, it, yeah. counts back on the calendar, and goes, oh, yeah, that's from exact. when he went into exile, and literally <laughs> it's seventy years. Yeah, 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 and it's like, oh, well, from that point on, it was like, well, he's a prophet. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of knew he was, but now we really know, and uh, and so Jesus essentially is doing a similar thing to Jeremiah. He's putting it, he's he's putting 100%. a number on this thing, hundred percent, and it was fulfilled uh, exactly. And again. It has shadows or leanings towards, like, what's the way to say it? Echoes, maybe? Echoes of an ultimate fulfilment sometime in the future. Yeah. And remember, I mean, and this leads into chapter 22, uh, because um, the, the problem, the reason that this disaster is going to happen in 70 AD is because of this, um, uh, this political agenda to want a political leader to rise up yeah. to uh, you know rebel against the Romans and and as I've said the disciples are struggling with this mm-hmm. but one guy who we know really struggles uh, and probably over this very question yeah. of course is Judas and we're about to we're about to go into that all right let's take a quick break 
Matt, we're on we're on track. We've done three chapters. Can That's you believe good. it? Three chapters in this first half here. Let's take a quick break. Got something not exciting news to share with you. And we'll be back to wrap up this Gospel of Luke on Thrive Deeper. family hope you're enjoying this final episode on the gospel of luke i'm jumping into the middle here just to remind you this is the beginning of a brand new year 2021 and we have one thing that we want to ask you to join with us on at the beginning of this year 2021 we've got a lot of plans we've got a lot of stuff happening as this episode goes out we are redoing the studio that we're in we've got a lot of money being outlaid and fixing different things up in the studio, outfitting and making it even better so we can do exactly what God has asked us to do. So here's what I'm asking to do. Be very, very blunt with you. Head over to thrivetoday.tv. That's thrivetoday.tv. You know that. That's our home on the internet for everything to do with Thrive. Once you go there, you will see a button that you can donate now. Right at the top of the page, it'll say donate now. And that'll take you to a page where you can become a monthly partner with us. I'm talking financially, of course. If you've ever gotten anything out of Thrive and what we've been able to do on the podcast, just really simply, whatever you're able to give monthly, we've got different options there for you. You can choose whatever monthly amount you want to get from $5 right up to really whatever you want to spend. Uh, You can join with us and become a partner with us. Now, we're also working in 2021 to give you added features of this partnership. If you're able to sponsor us, become a financial partner with us, we want to give you more access. We want to take you even deeper into what we're doing here in Thrive. So we're working out different ways to do that. But in the meantime, please, as we head into this new year, I'm going to ask you really bluntly, become a financial partner with us. I know we don't like talking about finances. We really have tried to avoid all that type of stuff. But this is what I'm here to do, to, to, to remind you that we can't do what we do without your financial support. So head over there to thrivetoday.tv. Have a look for the Donate Now button and, uh, yeah, do what you can. All right, let's get back into the Gospel of Luke here on Thrive Deeper. Deeper, episode 113, DJ and Matt with you. And this is it, the final three chapters of the Gospel of Luke. It's all come down to this, Matt. You've set it up really, really well, looking at how Dr. Luke has outlined the teachings of Jesus bringing almost to a political fulfillment like the you yeah. know all the politics yeah. and machinations that are happening around Jerusalem at that point and then at the beginning of chapter 22 to to really you know the match that lights it to start yeah. it all going off is Judas yeah that's right and and he's um you know Jesus I'm uh, sorry Judas is on this trajectory that the nation is on he and and this is probably what mo- this is most probably what will what would be behind 
Judas's betrayal, as well as the fact, of course, that he is um, uh, propelled in some way by Satan. Satan is at work here. Um, oh well, it, it, very, very uh, it even clear. says that. Yeah, yeah, very, very clearly. Mm, yeah. I mean, this is this is um, this is. I shouldn't. I shouldn't use the word amazing. This is horrific. Yeah. This is this is like the ultimate horror movie. We have so many horror movies about demon possession or something. This is how important this is. This is the very accuser himself. This is Satan himself yeah. saying, "I'm going to use Judas Iscariot. Yeah. You know, empower him. You know, not possess. Yeah. He doesn't possess anybody. I'm going to. I'm going to. You know. You know, propel him along." Into this ultimate thing, yeah. so it's now not only the leaders of of Jerusalem, not only the religious leaders, not only a betrayer in his own camp, but it's the very enemies. Of, you know, it's, it's the spiritual yeah. armies coming against Jesus. Yeah, that's right. To 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 all in unison. Yeah, make this happen. Yeah, that's right. And there, uh, and I mean, Satan, he just doesn't take over Judas. And I mean, let's not. Picture Jesus yes. suddenly becoming yeah, a like puppet. you know, like he's really with it, and then suddenly yes. uh, Satan just takes him over. No, 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 no. That's not what's happening. There's obviously, and there are certainly indications previous that there are things going on with Judas. He's not really uh, getting with the uh, with the plan. Yes, <clears throat> I mean the others are struggling with it, but he, you know, he's going to tip. You know, he's going to tip. At, at this point, I mean, yep. he's the weakest link, and um, and in a sense, as I said, he he probably represents what most of the Jewish people want at this stage. You know, they want uh, they want a different. They want the this sort of political Messiah who's going to uh, lead them to you know wealth, health, and prosperity, and kick yes. the Romans out, and uh, the the sort of the political kind of agenda. Um, uh, and I, I mean, I keep I I, I just think. That point, just a little footnote here. Let's not lose that point because the temptation to politicize our faith and want to do things by force, and it's just like there's there's no greater warning than yes. the gospels uh, against that kind of you know agenda. And yet, you know, I feel like Christians still get you know caught up in, oh. in religious nationalism and and More- and all sorts of political agendas. And it's not that we shouldn't get involved in politics, but that's not how the kingdom of God comes. And we are tempted more now. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone's always tempted. Yeah. Every generation is yeah. tempted, but there is a feeling now yeah. that it is worse now. Yeah, yeah, because religion and politics are really, in some cases, either joining forces or standing head to head against oh, each yeah, other. Yeah. That really, you know, and the media is driving us deeper and deeper yeah. into it. Stop. Read the Gospel of Luke yeah, again yeah. and go. Okay, okay. I mean, that's not what the kingdom of God is all about. I know, and the associate, you know, the the association of the name of Jesus with really strong. Uh, you know, political agenda. Oh, I just think it's yes. just it, it's so grating in in the light of these kind of warnings. It's you know, and again, uh, we need to be responsible citizens, and we ex- exercise our, you know our democratic rights and responsibilities. And uh, but uh, I, I think the temptation is to is to drive into the political spaces. Though we've that's where the battle's got to be won in the political space. And yeah, um, and. We we need to take warning uh, from this, and I think you know. I mean, Judas Judas is in this space. I mean, he just can't. He just hasn't got the whole, uh, 
you know, he hasn't got Jesus' agenda. Yes. He's, and this is the irony. We, we know we're talking about people who do get it and people who don't. He really doesn't get it. Yeah. Even and, though he's been there with him for at least yeah, three years, right. every and day. And so, as we see things polarizing externally, we see things polarizing internally yeah. uh, amongst the disciples. And so, Judas uh, turns. Now, the um, now what about what about what about? And again, this has been dramatized badly, and you yeah. know, all over the place. The, you know, <clears throat> Judas's yeah. motivation. You know, when when you see a film adaptation, a musical ad- adaptation, a book adaptation, whatever it is about yeah. the person of Judas, yeah. you want to try to find motivation. And and again, cut you yeah. went, not to spoil the yeah. ending because we all know the ending. Judas betrays him. Judas sees what happens to Jesus. He understands exactly what's going to happen yeah. to Jesus. And Judas obviously has great some sort of remorse or regret or something, and ends up in one way or another taking his life. Yeah. So do so for a lot of people we then assume well then maybe that's not what happened to Jesus wasn't what Judas wanted. Maybe he was tricked, maybe he was was he trying to push Jesus into a political answer yeah. that Jesus was never into. I mean I know I'm asking you yeah. questions that we can't know. No, the I know. Answer. And and I look I think I think you can put some pieces together that that amount to a fair, educated guess as yeah. to what's going on here. Because we know that the other disciples struggled with the, the whole, with Jesus' approach to things. You know, I, I think it's highly likely that Judas is uh, as well, if not more. Look, probably thinking, oh man, this is not where going where I wanted. Yeah. I've given so much time to this. I'm going to get out what I can out of it. Possibly that or... And maybe justifying what he's doing by saying, "Okay, I'm going to force this to a confrontation." Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, uh, perhaps there's a sense of, uh, uh, you know, if I can bring Jesus, in, you know, into face to face with the religious leaders, yeah. Let's bring this to a climax. Come on, let's push this thing. You know, maybe he justifies it that way. Yeah. You know, maybe he thinks that look, if Jesus is the Messiah and he gets arrested, then Hey, he'll he'll show his hand and yeah. and and he'll destroy everyone and and um, and make himself king. Yeah, but that doesn't turn out the way that Judas thought it was going yeah, to turn out. Thought it uh, was going to turn Look, out. And again, obviously, there's also a spiritual element there, as we see. You know, it says it says quite clearly that Satan entered Judas, and and we get the same sort of language again <clears throat> in, the, in the Last Supper that Satan is empowering Judas in what he's doing. Obviously, if you're having that sort of dark spiritual experience as well, there's going to be some sort of sense yeah. of regret. Yeah, but it's not like Satan can just sort of do that. You know, he, he can't just take over no, someone. No, no, who's, no. no. Yeah. He's using, obviously, this is, and we understand the tricks yeah. of the devil. He uses your predisposed sin, yeah, your predisposed right. weaknesses, your pre- whatever you want to say, <clears throat> whatever your propensity to darkness is, Satan is not, Satan's going to jump in and use that. And we see that outlaid really, really clearly in the, in, in the life of Judas yeah. here at the end. And the other factor here to remember that we, we sort of sort of skate over it is that yeah. Ju- Judas is tight with Jesus. Yeah. Jesus yeah. picked him yeah. and Jesus talks the language yeah. that Ju- Ju- yeah. Jesus has around Judas his friend you know he really loves you know there's still that sense of Jesus loving yeah. Judas right to the yeah, end. That's right. Ooh. And Jesus it goes on actually at the Passover because they're. I mean, the reason why everyone's in Jerusalem at the time is because it's the uh, it's the Passover. Yeah, and so now we get the Last Supper, and we get the Last Supper, yeah. and um, and this is where 
the, the last sup actually is really important for, for Luke. And I think Luke is, is highlighting what really was the center of the Christian, um, movement at the time was this sitting around the table and sharing. Yes. I mean, it was the thing that was so countercultural because you had all of these different people, different classes, you know, male and female, slave and free and Jew and Gentile sitting at a table together. It was really a thing that, ca- that was sort of most remarkable in a sense, about the Christian movement. And it was the central celebration of the, of really the meaning of the movement. And um, and so, this is very important for Luke, because Luke is going to finish with, with something like this as well. Yes. Uh, it's with a story that is really all about recognizing Jesus through the symbols yep. uh, that Jesus institutes here, the bread and the, and the wine. Um, and so, this is where Jesus kind of declares to them, what it's all about. This is what he's going to do. You know, the bread, uh, you know, stands for his broken body and the cup for his shed blood. Mm. And this is the blood of the covenant. Mm. You know, this is, um, this is a new covenant. And I mean, they're still going to struggle to get this, but he's, uh, he's instituting something here that is going to cause them to always look back on what is about to happen at, at yes. this point yes. and to remember what it's all about. Yeah. This, this might be, I mean, that Last Supper, there was, there's reasons why it is still a, um, you know, a phrase in language all around the world. Yeah. It's a, it's a uh, you know, it's a something that is deep embedded in art and everything else, this idea of the Last Supper. Because, I, like you say, uh, this might be, for, the, for some of the writers of the Gospel, the crucial, most important point, because it connects us yeah. today yeah. back to this event. Yeah. You know, there's a real, you know, yep. deep, deep connection here. And all the different things that happen on this night, this is where, where the story really, you know, this story is really huge. Jesus says a lot of, a lot of things and, you know, institutes the, you know, the Last Supper, talks about his betrayal. And then he turns to Peter, his best friend Peter, and yep. says, you know, oh, you know, it's, it's, you can hear, you can almost hear the thinking of Jesus. He's talking about someone's going to betray me. Yeah. They're, they're already off doing it. Yeah. You guys have this amazing future ahead of you that you don't even understand what will happen in the in the in heaven. Yeah, yeah. And he's thinking about the Satan. He's thinking about the spiritual battle. And then he looks at Peter and he goes, "Man, you don't know." You yeah. Know. Well, there's a lot that they don't know at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even, even though you know, so he, here he is through these symbols. Yeah. Uh, symbols that, and this is in the context of a Passover, which is all about a sacrifice yeah. that delivers the nation. Okay, yes. that's what the Passover. So the context yes. is important here. Uh, within the within the the context of this Passover sacrifice, eating the lamb, you know, From he the takes the bread, you know, and and this is my broken body, this is my shed blood. I mean, he's really declaring quite clearly, you know, what what's about to happen he and what he's about Passover, to do. He is the Passover lamb. That's right. So this is go- this is victory through sacrifice, mm. not victory through military or 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 politics or you know, it's uh, and and then even. Straight after that, they're arguing about, yeah. well, who's going to be the greatest when he becomes king? You know, because they're still thinking, well, he's about to become king. Yeah. And, uh, and who's going to, you know, let's sort out the positions here. Yeah. And uh, they, they're just still not getting it. And um, uh, so, and, and it's, it's also in that context where yes. he says to Peter, you know, Sa- Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but oh. I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Um, when you've turned back, strengthen, strengthen your brothers. I mean, he, so Jesus, uh, they're going to learn 
not only about him, but they're going to learn a lot about themselves. Yes. And uh, and Peter's going to learn that he's not as oh, and devout Peter, as he and, and thinks he is. Our, our beloved Peter, our, P- our Peter that we, yeah. we've got it's to It's like, so no one deserves here to get the position. This is the point here. No one deserves to get the positions that they're arguing over. And, and, and Jesus prophesies about what is about to happen. It's going to be okay. You're going to rep- when you repent from what you're about to do that you don't even know what yeah, you're about right. to do. You're going to be you're going to be used by me. And Peter turns around and goes, "What are you talking about? I- I'm going to die with you!" I- like like just yeah. immediately. Yeah, and talk about the you know that yeah. sort of in that invert the, that inversion oh, thing so that Jesus funny. does. That you know Peter who who is noted for his um, uh, sort of b- betrayal yeah. here. I mean. You know, this is the thing. It's not just Judas who betrays Jesus in a sense. Peter does as well. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, Peter becomes the leader yeah. of of the uh, of the apostles, yeah. um, and he's the one that's least worthy. And this is kind of this is how this kingdom works. It's yeah. not about you know the greatest and the most qualified and the. Um, now, I mean, the interesting thing is, you know, why why does Peter? You know, with these two betrayals, you have Judas. I've often wondered about this. Yeah. You have Judas betraying Jesus, commit suicide. Peter, uh, you know, actually moves forward from this. Yeah. I and mean, part of this may be that Judas never really got the whole grace thing. I think maybe Peter's closer to getting that. Um, yeah. But Jesus does say, I'm, I'm praying for you, Peter. Yeah. And I think that's. It's certainly in terms of the text, that's the difference, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, we're now. I think we're leading a little bit into like predestination. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, God's foreknowledge, and you know what? Because well, it, yeah. again, right at the very beginning, Jesus chose Judas, knowing yeah, exactly right. oh, what yeah, was yeah, going yeah, to happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah. so okay. Let's we again. Yeah. Let's we need to shift up gears here. There's a point here. There's a little. There's a little thread here that has really fascinated me, and I still don't have you know, a clear picture in my mind about it. Jesus right at the end says, you know, listen, remember when I told you to go out and not take anything. Now, you know, sell your cloak, grab a sword, you know, buy a sword because yeah. things are going to happen here. And one of them goes, hey, uh, we've got two swords. And he goes, good, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange. And, and we have that little bit there. And then as we move forward, when the betrayal actually happens, and I'm sort of jumping ahead, yeah. the arrest happens. Well, that it's like the it's like the, what they say in a movie. You can't have a gun in Act One yeah. <laughs> without using it in Act Three. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you see something, and it, this is this little throwaway in, of Luke of the, oh, we've got two swords, and he has that's enough. And then <clears throat> when it comes down to it, one of the swords comes out, probably at the hand of Peter. Yeah, and he goes, "Hey, I've got one of these swords that you spoke about before," and uses it. And Jesus says, "Put this. What? What are you doing? Put the sword away." It feels yeah. to me like they were trying. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to get it, but still, they're not getting it. Yeah, and the, uh, and I think I think Jesus there though again is being a bit more parabolic in you know like he it's not, um, uh, you know I think he's saying that, uh, like get ready get ready for, um, it's like things are going to get moving now yeah. you know like pack your bags yeah. You know, I think it's that kind of thing. Pack your bags, and and, and things are going to get. Uh, think there's going to be a lot of conflict now, yeah. uh, and uh, so I think you know this he, idea. Of, so so if I say to you, "Hey, DJ, pack your bags," yeah, it's like it's a you know it's a way of saying yeah yeah I get you know, that I get that, but I just or, I, hey, I, hey if I ever say, "Listen, put down your sword," just put you know put down your weapons here. You know, we have expressions like yes, that. I know so that it could I know be that. that it could be that it's just it's just. 
that opportunity that Jesus, and again, this is us reading 2,000 years later from Luke. Jesus could have said, no, 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 no. (laughs) Get rid of those two swords. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Well, he says, yeah, that's enough here. Yeah. Because they say, here are two swords. And that's enough. I mean, we're now going into translation. That's translated a lot of different ways in a lot of different translations. Some translations give it a real negative connotation, as in, like, what what are you guys talking about? Um, You know, to other people say it's a positive type of thing. But then when they finally do pull out a sword, Echoing yeah. in their ears that Jesus just talked yeah. about. I mean, one, and I think um, one of the top commentaries on this just suggested that this is really, he's saying, look, I'm about to go. You're going to have to take care of yourselves yeah. now. Yes. And, and that includes, you know, like your, your purse and your bag. Because he's previously told them not to take a purse or a bag, you know, when they went out on mission. Um, uh, you know, but he's saying, you know, get your purse, get your bag, get your sword. I mean, this, this, May not be battle. It's just about like when you went traveling and yeah. you, you, you carried I, a sword for self defense. There's was, something about that verse there, and then when we jump ahead to forty nine, yeah, because when, when they, the disciples see what's happening, one of them exclaims, "Shall we fight now? We bought the swords. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we go." And he rebukes them. <laughs> he's like, yeah. "He's like, what are you doing with yeah, the sword?" <laughs> when yeah, I know it's it's, it's a, so it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, but there's something about that imagery and what is happening that just it it stays with me. Yeah, it's really like sewn mm. into my mind about Jesus saying, "Get ready to fight. Make sure you sell your cloak, get your swords." Yeah. And we're like, we gotta be like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's right. It's uh, so we move in then to the, with the we move into the passion narrative really yeah. now, which begins with Jesus praying uh, in Gethsemane uh, among the olive trees. There he is, um, he is fully submitting himself here. This is what this demonstrates. He is fully submitting himself yeah. to the will of the Father. Mm. Uh, Luke is very. Um, interested in portraying Jesus as the model martyr because he's right r- again writing to a church who yes. are being persecuted. Yes. Uh, so this is this is Jesus really paving the way uh, for his followers. He's fully submitting um, to the Father. Jesus warns them, you know, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation yeah. to the disciples. And then of course there's there's the arrest. Now Judas, um, the the. Uh, the religious leaders needed Judas because they don't want to in- arrest Jesus with lots of people around. That's going to really be problematic. Yeah. They need to do it in secret. But there's people all over the place. You know, they all go up into the hills. No, yeah. no one knows uh, where he is or even can they when, – when and where can they get him when he's on his own? Yeah. Well, only Judas knows that. Yeah. And it's dark. So and There's a whole group of and, them. Yeah, and, whole, and they're going to wear these things – you know, going to wear the things over their heads. So, yeah. who, who, which even is the guy? We don't want to – you know, and so Judas says, okay, I'll go and the one that I kiss, uh, he's the one. There's an irony around that. Just, and, and again, it's even the fact – <clears throat> like that, G- that Judas came to Jesus and kissed him. Yeah, wasn't like it wasn't like Jesus was like, "What are you doing?" Like as in, like it was something unusual. Yeah, their friendship, their closeness was so tight. Yeah, that it wouldn't be seen as a weird thing by everybody. Like Judas could go yeah. up to Jesus and kiss him. As a sign, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. there's something you don't do that unless it's yeah, that's right. You're able to get in there and do it. Yeah, there's a real closeness there. Yeah, there is. But and Jesus knows exactly what's that's going. That's right. And something happens here that I think is really significant. First of all, um, uh, when the 
disciples strike out with a sword, which, as you said, yeah. they, they, you know, they shouldn't have, uh, strikes off the, the ear of the servant of the high priest. Jesus yeah. heals. Yeah. So Jesus heals the servant. So, in, so Jesus is actually healing his attackers, those who are taking away. Yeah. I mean, remember this model of discipleship, you know, I mean, this yeah. is, this is important. And then he says, Am I leading a rebellion that you've come to me with swords and clubs? So Jesus is pointing out, listen, I'm not on that. I'm not on this. I'm yeah. not on the, a political overthrow agenda here. Yeah. Um, but you're treating me like I am. And he demonstrates that he's not by bringing this, uh, doing this work of healing. Yeah. So I think this is a really important moment uh, here. Um, and then we get the narrative, you know, he gets, Jesus gets taken away, yeah. and then we zoom into Peter. You know, we get this episode of Peter. Oh. It's, it's and the f- absolutely f- tragic, and the way that yeah. he's set up. So it's so, so clear. It's one of these classic situations where God puts together a situation to bring out the worst in us, not oh. to condemn us, but so that we see the worst in ourselves. And this yeah. is exactly what happens yeah. to Peter. Um, Jesus in Jesus, and again, as Peter, you know, leaves the courtyard weeping bitterly. He's broken by what has just happened to him, and that's exactly like you said. That brokenness that we that Peter has finally at yeah. the end when he sees everything that is going to take place, and that forgiveness yeah. that happens yeah. in the future. That is what God needed Peter to go through to be able to be the leader of the disciples in the future. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the the rooster crows and, I mean, Peter's just, you know, completely broken by this. And we don't really know until after the resurrection uh, yep. what happens to Peter. He is restored. We go back to the um, to uh, the scene with Jesus. Yes. Uh, he is being mocked, beaten. He's, uh, you know, it's, it's a terribly tragic situation. He's brought to a trial. Before Pilate? Uh, oh, yeah, well, first no, before. before. The, the, the chief priest. Yes. Um, the big thing for them is who do you think you are? Yeah, and uh, and they still need to find something on him. This is important. They still haven't really found anything on him. Yeah, uh, as we know from Matthew's gospel, they bring in false witnesses who say that all sorts you know lies about he's going to tear down the temple yep. and. Uh, and, so and, and we get, and you even get a sense that even amongst some of the religious leaders and the Pharisees, they're like, "Hang on, this hasn't been done right." Oh yeah, yeah. Like this is what yeah, are we doing? Right. What and are we I doing? I think that's here? important to recognise is that yeah. not everyone is against him. Yeah, you've probably got Nicodemus. Yes, uh, you know people like Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah, uh, it's quite possible that they're in on this. You yeah, know, and and they're trying to pull things the other yeah. way, doing their best. Um, uh, but. You know, f- they put it to Jesus, are you the Messiah? Tell us. Um, you know, Jesus says, well, you wouldn't believe me if I did. Fi- but finally, he actually does. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, he goes further and says, and from now on, uh, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the, of the Almighty God. This for, uh, for them is what they've been looking for. This is blasphemy uh, for them. Yeah. Uh, so, he is... Um, uh, the, the blasphemy here is this sense, because particularly by this time, there was this sense that uh, this joining of of man and God in a way to, to say that he could be seated at the right hand of God, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, it Insane. ticks all the boxes yes. for them at this point. Uh, for and it's all, and it's almost, blasphemy. and I, I, you get that sense in Jesus. I, I hear it in mm-hmm. Jesus's voice and his spirit, where he's 
as the as the human part of him, he wants to sit there quiet and not answer the accusers. He wants to fulfill that prophecy. You know, he yeah. wants to do the right thing. But at the end, he understands, I need to really outlay it. Yeah. Because this is what, what's about That's to happen. That's right. And he knows I, that I they're not going to believe it, but he, yeah. he, he tells them straight out. Yeah. I need to say exactly what's happening so so I can go to, I can go to the cross. Yeah. This yeah. is what, you know. Although my- his, his statement to me is because it says in verse 70, they all ask, are you then the son of God? Mm. And this is a kind of unique messianic uh, title. Um even at this time, there are different views on the Messiah. This is probably the most exalted view, this idea of the, you know, it's this exalted one who claims to be able to sit next to God as his virtual equal. You know, it's like, are you claiming to be that? Yeah. And he's like, well, he says, you say that I am. Yeah. Which is really, <laughs> which is a an ambiguous. It's an ambiguous response. But that's all they um, needed. He yeah, knew, yeah, he knew that. Yeah. He knew that's all they needed. They're like, we don't need anything yeah. else. Boom, Pilate, here we come. Yeah. So of course they can't. They can't do anything to Jesus uh, without Pilate's approval. They, yes. yeah, the Jews aren't allowed to execute their own. It all has to go through the Romans. All uh, the, you know, the Roman court is really the final court uh, of the land. Yeah. And so, um, so we get this again. I want to, I want to, I want to fast forward a little bit here. Yeah. We, we, you know, and again, we've we've seen this story multiple times. And if you haven't, please take the time. Um, you know, they go to the Roman governor uh, Pilate. Pilate hears where Jesus is from. He's Galilean. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, I might be able to get out yeah. of this. Let's go to Herod. And big picture, the whole point of this whole section yeah. is Luke is emphasizing the fact Jesus is innocent, right? The Jews, you know, can only accuse him of who he, of saying who he actually is. He takes it to the Roman governor, who just finds no charge, hands him over to, to, to Herod, who's uh, over Galilee, yeah. He also can find nothing wrong with it. A really interesting point. Jump into verse 8. We get Pilate finding out that Jesus is from Galilee. Just so happens that Herod, who is yeah. who's the a boss yeah. of that area, is in town, yeah. in Jerusalem for this moment, yeah. again because of Passover. He then puts word out there. And we get that verse in, in ver, that verse 8. Herod was delighted to get this opportunity. Yeah. To 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 have a, like a court, to have Jesus yeah, yeah. in his court and, and be able to deal with him. But Jesus wasn't playing with Herod no, at no, all. No, he wasn't. No, wasn't and and was not interested either. at all. Herod sends him back to Pilate. And then we even get a weird note from Luke saying, Herod and Pilate were enemies until this point. But when they had this thing back and forth with Jesus, they became friends over it. Yeah. So That's weird. A, interesting. Yeah, so interesting weird little point. point. So, so, I mean, Luke is emphasizing the fact that uh, it's innocent, 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 and yet he gets declared. Uh, and yet the, um, you know, he is his own people so want to have him dead that they just push through yep. all of this, and it's this ultimate unjust, yep. uh, unjust execution. We have we have the the practice around <coughs> uh, around Passover where uh, Pilate will release, uh, you know, some a Jewish prisoner, yeah, uh, you know, often a political prisoner to yep. appease the Jews. He says, "Listen, I'll let this guy go, Jesus. He's obviously done nothing yeah, wrong." Yeah, and it's and that's I- ironic too because Barabbas, the word Barabbas means son of the father. Wow! And so, you know, they've rejected the real son of God, yeah. and they've, uh, you know, they've taken sort of taken on this take, uh, taken the the real political. Yeah, uh, you know um, that's right. And Barabbas probably is. He's probably a sicker. He's, he's yeah. probably one of these uh, rebels. Yes, uh, you know. 
of the most extreme type yeah. um, that are actually the, these are the guys Barabbas and his mates these are the guys that really are going to bring the nation down yeah yeah uh, and so this moment is a very important moment because yeah. they reject the one who could have brought them peace the son of the father who could have brought them brought them peace and they uh, they choose the false son of the father, yep. uh, Barabbas, whose agenda is actually going to bring them ruin. So, yeah, they, it's a really they, important they moment. Choo- they basically choose um, earthly politics yeah. over the kingdom yeah, of God, right. yeah. you know, with, with this yeah. moment here. And, the, and then as we move into the, the crucifixion scene, I mean, this is, um, this is full of, uh, in a sense, uh, Jesus being the really example martyr. I mean, this is, Jesus is leading the way. Yes. He's taking, he's got his cross. Uh, he's going, uh, he's forgiving, you know, he forgives his people. Um, he doesn't retaliate. Um, the, uh, we have these signs of, you know, darkness over the land. Yes. Um, you know, we get an earthquake. We get all of these things happening that actually cause the, Onlookers to say who who is this man? Mm. Uh, probably these uh, signs also probably play into the change of heart in both the centurion and the criminal on the cross. Yes, yes. it's like whoa, yeah. uh, something's going on here. Uh, there's something happening here. That this is not just yeah, an ordinary yeah, guy. Yeah, like and and f- particularly in that time when you have you know the, the you know the land becomes this dark and whatever that means. I mean. Um, it's just some something happens that brings darkness uh, over the land that God causes. You know, there's this earthquake. These are si- for people at these t- at this time. These are signs that yeah. that God's not happy. Yeah, uh, and so um, so it sort of brings on the uh, the famous moment of the thief on the cross. who says. Yeah. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus says, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm. I mean, he gets more than he wants because the thief is thinking when you establish your kingdom, yeah. recognizes this is the Messiah, yeah. and somehow beyond Some, death or in the resurrection, he's going to establish a kingdom. A great, Can I be part of it? Yeah, a great Jesus moment says, of faith from a yeah, dying man on that's a cross. Right. I mean, that's all it takes for this yeah. guy. It's like it's yeah. not much, yeah. you know. And interestingly, the thief, he most probably was one of Barabbas's mates. Yeah. Barabbas probably was meant to have the cross yes. uh, that Jesus was meant yes. to have. They, yep. You know, there were meant to be those guys together. Yep. Uh, but Barabbas gets released, uh, you know, and and so Jesus is hanging there with Barabbas's other two. I mean, we, we refer to them as thieves, but they're probably brigands, like, you know, uh, people who rob Roman uh, um, yeah. supply chains and all of that sort of stuff. So, they're, yes. they're actually, they're, 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 they're kind of political brigands. Well, yeah, and Luke just calls them criminals, you know, yeah. just, you know, criminals, you know, type of thing, and they're, they're talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, so, so, I mean, and that's, so, you know, here is this guy who is on that agenda, and, and this is, this was what was possible all along for this yeah. people who are, who are, Going the wrong way, all they had to do is do exactly yeah. what the thief has to do. And, it's a, it's and a, today you will be with me in paradise. And that's the last. I mean, Jesus says, uh, you know, one one more line here, according to Luke. You know, in Luke's account of the crucifixion and death. Yeah. But for Luke to record the last interaction of of Jesus is this interaction with a criminal on the cross. Yeah, and giving it's amazing yeah. picture. That's the last interaction, right? A culmination of of if we think right back of how Luke introduced the public ministry of Jesus, that Jesus stands up and says, reads out yeah. the book of Isaiah. You know, I'm going to be 
going to the people that you don't, you know, the, to, the, yeah. to, the, to the poor and to the yeah. outcasts and everything. <clears throat> and then the final words from Jesus to anybody else is to this, to this criminal on the cross saying, you know, basically know, your, yeah. fa- your faith, yeah. we're, we're, I'll yeah. see you in heaven. Yeah, it's remarkable. And so, um, uh, so Jesus, uh, you know, we have the, the, this last statement, last words of Jesus, into your hands I commit my spirit. Mm. Uh, you know, even then, I mean, this is a, He's using the words of Psalm 31 actually uh, here. Mm. But this is this, it's this, again, as Jesus is the example, he's just giving himself fully over uh, to the will of God. We have uh, the burial of Jesus. It's Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the council, that emphasizes the fact that not all the Pharisees were against him. This guy is an important uh, exactly. member of the Jewish council, the very council that had condemned Jesus. And yet this guy's not on that agenda. He's, uh, he's actually burying Jesus in his own tomb. Now, mm. That's reserved normally just for family, right? Mm. So this is a big deal. Uh, Jesus is buried in the tomb. And then, of course, we have the culminant moment right at the end, the last uh, chapter where... Chapter 24. Yeah, chapter 24, where on the first day uh, of the week, um, uh, very early in the morning, this is Sunday morning, uh, the women go, they find the tomb uh, empty. They have this angelic visitation. Now... Uh, we haven't had an angelic visitation since the beginning of the story of Jesus. True, true. So this is a very important moment here. Yeah. Angels, uh, angels were there in the pl- in, in the first place to announce the birth of the Messiah, yeah. and now they are here to announce, as it were, in a sense, the new birth, the resurrection uh, of of the Messiah. So you see that the, there's a kind of symmetry to the role of the and, angels. And I, here. And, I, and I love the fact that the angels, you get the sense. This is this is what I love about you know <clears throat> thinking about like we have the dimension that we're aware of, and then there's a spiritual dimension overlaid on top of ours, and you get the sense with the angels talking to the women, saying, "Don't you remember what he said to you guys in Galilee?" Yeah, it's yeah. like we remember what he said. Yeah, to- that's right. Yeah. You know, he said this was going to happen, yeah. and it's yeah, and it's interesting here that the the women involved are actually named. Yes. Uh, so Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them. They're named because they're witnesses, and this is uh, this is important now for Luke. Is going to emphasize the fact that um, yes. that one he's not a mere ghost. That's going to continually be emphasized again because even to this day there are people that said, "Oh, maybe it was just a ghost, or maybe it yeah. was just a spiritual resurrection that it wasn't actually a physical." Or you know, no. Well, first of all, the fact that they're women plays into the case for the resurrection because if this was a made-up thing yes. in that particular time, you wouldn't have had uh, women as the as the primary witnesses because yeah. at this time, as as unfortunate as this is, yes. the testimony of women wasn't uh, was wasn't, not worth as was, much as a man. That's right, was not worth as much of a, uh, as a man. So, um, so you would have had the. You would have had other witnesses if you yep. if you were making this uh, yes. up, and yet uh, they are named, they are witnesses, and their witnesses um, is is then you know uh, as we see is backed up uh, in the story that follows by appearances to a number of different people. Yeah, yeah. We have the we have the walk to Emmaus there with um, two you know two of the followers. Two of the two of the followers have been been part of part of this you know for quite a while. 
sadly walking back home, dejected, going, all right, that was that was yeah. a big misfire. Well, we know the name of one of them, Cleopas. Yeah. Cleopas. And again, um, his name, because these, it's important, these are witnesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luke, He's a guy Luke, that was known. Again, Luke is sitting there shuffling his notes going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay, and I spoke to ah, Cleopas, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, he's, yeah. And he's, and he's, you know, he's got all the notes that he's actually seen these people and talked to these and, and, people. And, they're, you know, I mean, then again, we need to recognise they're named because – it, that meant something. Like yeah. they were eyewitnesses, right, yep. to these things. And, you know, so Jesus walks with them as they're despairing and he says, Oh, what are you talking about? And they, it's the, the irony of this situation is great because they say, Are you the only one in Jerusalem that doesn't know what has just happened? They say yeah. this to Jesus. Yeah. And the irony is, is that Jesus is the only one that does know what has happened. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I love the fact that Jesus plays dumb. This is, again, makes me laugh. You, you, we see, if you're willing to, you can see a bit more of the character of Jesus. And the sense of humour of Jesus, because he turns around and goes, uh, "What? What things? What's happened?" <laughs> That's right. Of course, his identity is is. Uh, I mean, I think th- this is interesting in in the sense that his identity is kind of kept from them. Yep. Uh, he keeps his identity from them, explains the scriptures, and it's not until they sit down at the table and he breaks bread yeah. in this communion, and and the way that Luke. Uh, puts this is connecting it back yes, to the communion. I, it's through. It's at that moment that they connect with who he really is. Oh, so and good. I think Luke is pointing to the fact that it's through this symbolism that we connect with who Jesus really is when we understand what he came to do, mm. and that's symbolised in the in the bread and the cup. And so communion, in a sense, um, the symbols of the bread and the cup become the gateway to recognizing uh, recognizing Jesus. This, I think, that's really significant. Also yeah. significant is the point that Luke is really, again, subtly hammering home yep. that Jesus, when offered the chance to come in and have food with him, Jesus was like, yeah, I'd love to sit down and eat with you. Yep. And he was able yeah. to sit. He wasn't like an apparition. He wasn't a yep. phantom. He was able to sit, break bread, eat, you know, like have have that moment with them. And, uh, you know, and they understood, uh, you know, who, who it was. They were able to, you know, put the words back. That's know, right. And that's, and that's exactly the thing that is emphasized when he appears then to the rest of the disciples. They're all talking about this together. Suddenly Jesus is there standing among them. Uh, you know, they're frightened. They think it's a ghost. Yeah. He, he says, why are you troubled? Uh, look at my hands and feet. Touch me. Mm. A ghost doesn't have flesh and, bones, f- flesh and bones as you see. So what Luke is emphasizing here is this is a physical resurrection, right? Yeah. This isn't just a ghost. They believed in ghosts and, yes. appar- you know, they, they, they believed in spirit. Yeah, they, they, yeah. That's right. But this is not that, right? No. This is, and he's really emphasizing the, f- emphasizing the fact this is spirit. This is a physical resurrection. He eats with them, okay? He, he says, have you got anything to eat? He eats in their presence so that they see that he's not just uh, a ghost. Yeah. Um, and he says, this is what I told you, okay? Yeah. I told you that this was going to happen. And then we have this um, this alternative statement of essentially the Great Commission. I mean, yes. it's interesting. Yes, it is. That we, we always think of Matthew chapter 28. If, mm-hmm. you, if you've been a, a Bible reader, uh, we tend to think of the Great Commission as, you know, therefore go and make disciples of, uh, yeah. therefore go into all the world and make disciples. Um, but Jesus says here in 46 and 47, this is what was written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the, th- from the dead on the third day. And this is it. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
right? That's the mission. Yeah. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning yeah. at Jerusalem. You, he says, are witnesses, witnesses. of these things. So you, you function as witnesses. You go out uh, and and proclaim what's happened. And this is the great, you know, this and this verse 49 at the very, you know, uh, you know, right towards the end of the, la- uh, uh, the book of Luke there, we get the... Um, anticipation of what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. We, we get the anticipation for the sequel. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. It's, yeah. Like, it's like at the end of, uh, yeah. of, of, of a great movie where there's a hint where there's another yeah. movie coming. He says, now I'm going to send the Holy Spirit just as the Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power for heaven. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I can't wait to see that. End of the book. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, what? Right. yeah. But again, we have to understand that Luke and Acts originally was one complete work. Yeah, you know, that's two right. halves yeah. of one complete work. Yeah, that's work. right. Yeah. So, and then, and then get, Jesus ascends yeah. into heaven. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he said, you know, he talks about being seated at the right hand of God. And that's what we see. Uh, we, we see there. And that's yeah. where we finish. And, and, um, and that, in a sense, we have this overlap with the book of Luke. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it, it's like the, a sequel movie where you have the last bit of the first movie and yeah. the second movie. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what you have here. So eventually, eventually, and I just, you know, We'll take a moment to to collect our thoughts here because we've gone really long. we've gone long on this episode, but that's okay. We're giving you a bonus summer episode here uh, to wrap it all up. Uh, coming in twenty twenty one, eventually we will get to the Book of Acts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we're about to head into some Old Testament books yeah. for three months. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've just finished. Uh, I've actually just finished. <laughs> you're ahead. You're ahead on the on the Book yeah. of Acts. So so take a breath. You know, put put this in the back of your memory. Yeah. Remember this moment here. Oh, remember it. And I have, can I just say, I have loved working through the book of Acts. Because because what Jesus says happens. Yeah, that's right. And and it is a, um, and again, you know when you see a sequel to the movie and you love that original movie and sometimes yeah. you think, oh, the sequel going to be any good? Is the sequel to be? The sequel's amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the sequ- because it because eventually we're part of the sequel here. Yeah, that's so right. this is the end here. Jesus ascends. The followers are uh, worshiping him. Yeah. You know, worshiping him. This yeah. is they've gone from misunderstanding who he is, yeah. finally getting it. They have worshipped him. They've it's turned their whole world upside down, this last chapter of, of, yeah. of the Gospel of Luke. They've returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They're spending time in their temple. They're praying. Praising God, they're talking about Jesus, and that's where the, the the Gospel of Luke finishes. That's right, and I think this is a beautiful picture for us as the church. Uh, you know, we are a people who worships Jesus. Jesus is God come to us to show us who He is. Uh, that we are a people. Uh, of praise, we see the we see the disciples praising God here, and you know, remembering, of course, that commission. You know, this message of forgiveness of sins going out uh, from from God's people, and uh, and that's our mission. That's the mission of Jesus. Boy, does it does it is it just me or does it feel like we've just run a marathon there? <laughs> the last six chapters of the Gospel of Luke. I tell you it's worth it though. It's worth it. That what an amazing story. I just love the way Dr. Luke outlays that story of Jesus and makes it so plain and so obvious of who Jesus is and who we are in relation to him. Love that ending there. And I'm so excited that in the future coming up. 
In a few months' time, we'll get into the into the book of Acts. All right, Lena, as we've said, please head over to thrivetoday.tv. If what Matthew and I are doing and, uh, you know, the team behind us is helping you at any point, please help us fund what we do by heading over to thrivetoday.tv. You'll see the Donate Now button. That'll take you to a place where you can become a monthly partner with us with whatever you can afford. It means so much to us. All right, we'll see you in a fortnight. Until then, thrive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.